from the carol app for mums this is the mum debrief podcast with your host holly zocheran mum of two and the founder of the carol app the free mobile app connecting and supporting mums throughout their motherhood journey through community and hand-picked expert-led content the mum debrief is a podcast where we talk all things motherhood from the good the bad and the tantrums Join us as we welcome expert guests to talk all things pregnancy to postpartum and beyond and discuss our own experiences to help make your motherhood journey a little bit easier. We are so happy to have you here. Let's get into it. This episode is brought to you by Beauty Pie. The beauty brand aiming to provide consumers with high-end, hard-working products without the hefty price tag. Beauty Pie is an absolute go-to for affordable luxury skin and beauty products and it's one of our favourite brands so we are so happy to be offering you an exclusive discount of 3 months free membership where you get 70% off full price luxury skincare and beauty products and trust me when I say their products are incredible. Their Japan Fusion Cleanser is so soothing on the skin. It gets all makeup off, impurities, and leaves your skin super, super clear. And they are one of my favorite brands ever. They offer luxury skincare and beauty care at 70% off the full price. Join Beauty Pie today to get these exclusive discounts. Take advantage of this offer and head to www.beautypie.com forward slash BP forward slash promotions forward slash the dash carol dash app that's www.beautypie.com forward slash bp forward slash promotions forward slash the dash carol dash app to get your exclusive discount today hi everyone welcome back to the mum debrief today we have a really exciting episode because we're talking to midwife billy tubbs she's a midwife who delivered my second baby last year at home and I'm so happy to be back chatting with her. Billy is a midwife, antenatal class instructor and hypnobirthing teacher. And she's worked as a home birth midwife within the NHS for the last 18 months and provides continuity of care to families wishing to birth at home. We have a really good conversation. We talk all things to do with pregnancy, what the role of a midwife is within your pregnancy, within your birth different birth places, your questions around birth partners, we touch on home birth as well, and postnatal care. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. So welcome, Billy. Welcome to the Mum Debrief, Billy. We are so happy to have you here. So before we get started, it would be really good if you could give our listeners a bit of background about you and why you decided to become a midwife. Yeah, so I've been a midwife for about four and a half years now. Um, working in the NHS for all of that time. Um, I actually decided to be a midwife when my mum had my sister when I was 14. That kind of sparked an interest in all things pregnancy and midwifery. Followed it through. Um, I actually trained as a nurse first, so I did three years of nursing and then 18 months to then become a midwife. Um, I then... um, kind of worked in the hospital so did all the when you start as a midwife you kind of have to work in all the sort of lay ward birth center postnatal rotate around get some kind of skills signed off um and then worked in a continuity team for a couple of years so I would kind of see the same women and families throughout their pregnancy 
and then care for them wherever they had their baby, whether that was labored, birth center at home and see them afterwards. And I really liked that model of working, getting to know the families. So then I moved into working um, for the home birth team and that was quite a natural kind of move for me because again, we were given continuity of care. So I had our own kind of caseload, what we call caseload of, of women that we get to know who were planning to have their baby at home provide all their appointments in the home environment, kind of see them throughout, look after them in labour and see them afterwards as well. So I've been doing home births for the last 18 months, which I absolutely love and has been like the highlight of my career so far, for sure. Oh, amazing. So the first question that I want to dive straight into with you is what happens when you find out you're pregnant? You know, we're not really told what you should be doing. I know when I was first pregnant with my son, it was kind of like, okay, I have found out I'm pregnant. What do I do? Do I call the hospital? Can you kind of walk us through the stages of you found out you're pregnant and what next? It's a very common thing, actually, a lot of people. Like, it's not, you're not ever told what to do and it's not really that clear um, when you find out you're pregnant, where to go. Um, There are two options, really. A lot of people will go to their GP um, and just kind of inform them about the pregnancy when you've had that positive test. Um, And the GP will either tell you to what we call self-refer to your local maternity unit or hospital um, or refer you on, on, they will do the referral for you. Um, Most people nowadays tend to what we call self-refer. So when you have that positive test, um, your local maternity unit or wherever you're planning to have your baby will have like usually like an online self-referral form. So you fill out all your details, how many weeks pregnant you think you are. And then they will make contact with you with an appointment and a scan and stuff like that. So that's kind of the first steps, really. When you've had when you've had that positive test and you refer, you'll then be given like a booking appointment with a midwife, which is the first appointment that you have. We ask you a lot of questions about your kind of medical, social history, often a few sort of blood tests and things like that, um, and then explain what happens after that. That's so helpful because, yeah, you're so right. We're not really told what to do when we find out we're pregnant. So that's super helpful. Can you also give our listeners an insight into a midwife's role? So how does a midwife's role work through pregnancy, through birth, and kind of talk us through how you as a midwife support women through that process? A lot of things. So it's it's sometimes hard to put in a nutshell, but I'll try. Um, (laughs) I guess in summary, basically supporting women and families through pregnancy birth and the postnatal period um the term midwives actually it's an old english term and it means with women um so it's based from that so it's literally being with women and being that support and that support doesn't always just look kind of like clinical or you know healthcare as such as you might see it it's emotional support sharing information about pregnancy about the birth what to expect afterwards um and it can it can be a lot of different things depending on what different families need from us but we are essentially supposed to be the experts in normal kind of pregnancy so that's what we that's what we do is is offer that support yeah and so do women tend to have the same midwife throughout their uh, pregnancy or does it vary depending on what type of birth you're having yeah it does really vary a lot depending on where you're giving birth and what kind of services they have um ideally we'd like all women to have what we call continuity of care 
we know from research that that's what women really like to get to know the same midwife or team of midwives and the midwives really like it as well um but some hospitals are kind of implementing it more than others so yes ideally you know where the current team I'm working in we, you should have one named midwife who you see and then if they're ever kind of on leave or at another birth and you need to see someone else we try and stick it to two midwives in the pregnancy because that's more realistic then and you get to know those two people they get to know you and it's just nicer um but yeah it does vary some some people sadly won't have have continuity in their pregnancy and birth it, it just depends you are more likely to get continuity as well if you are having a home birth because you'll be cared for by that team of midwives that you've met whereas if you're having a hospital birth most hospitals I think at the moment are still doing what we call the um like traditional um system of midwifery where you might have a community midwife that you get to know in the pregnancy but they mm. don't work on the labor ward or birth center so then you would get someone new on the day but always ask because it does really vary yeah I know that's really helpful I know for me I had two home births with both my children and I had the same midwives throughout who then both delivered my children and it's really nice having that you know that connection with the midwife who's delivering your baby um but yeah as you say it's not the same in every trust and every hospital so but yeah it definitely made a difference to me and how comfortable I felt talking to my midwife it's more informal doesn't it you know you can yeah. raise anything you're worried about you can ask questions that you might not want to ask someone that you've never met things like that and in terms of different birth places can you talk to the different places you can give birth and what they are I've spoken a bit about home birth already so obviously that's where I'm working but um home is a really um kind of good option for a lot of people particularly if um you have straightforward pregnancy so all the research that we have on home birth shows yeah even if it's your first baby second baby if your pregnancy is straightforward there's really good outcomes associated with having your baby at home it's less clinical you are you're inviting people into your environment you're not having to travel into a hospital environment like i said you're more likely to know the people that are caring for you um so that's an option other options so midwifery led birth center so that's what we call like a home from home environment so the care that we give in labor on the birth center is the same as we give at home it's again ideal for straightforward pregnancies really um strictly speaking but um yeah it's the same the same care it's just going into the hospital to have that care so um, you still have midwives caring for you in labour, um, supporting kind of what we call normality, generally straightforward. Um, and that's quite a popular choice as well. If you were kind of wanting the more less clinical approach, but, you know, worried about having the baby at home or what that might involve, the birth centre is a really good option. And then the third option is the labour ward. Um, and that's where... In a nutshell, people might go if they want an epidural, which is a type of pain relief, if they have complications in the pregnancy, so preterm birth, um, people that are having multiple babies, so twins, triplets, um, people with medical conditions, so diabetes in pregnancy, anything kind of what we call a, a risk factor. I don't really like the word risk, but it's hard to put it any other way, kind of like complication. Anything that's become complex in the pregnancy or birth, you might use the labour ward. Um, 
and obviously theatre as well. In the hospital I work at, the theatre is attached to the laid ward, but that's where you go if you're having a cesarean. Um, whether that's planned cesarean or unplanned, you would be kind of in the theatre next to the laid ward. Yeah, that's helpful. I know, I think a lot of first-time mums especially, they just assume that it's a hospital birth they're going to have, but it's good to know that there are different options out there. Because you do specialise in home birth, it would be good to touch on that in a bit more detail. I know from having two home births myself, people can tend to be quite surprised and tend to say, well, what if something went wrong? So could you please explain a little bit more about home birth? For me, I was low risk and it just made sense. It's where I felt most comfortable. Definitely. Um, I think you're right. A lot of people will just assume that hospital is safest why would you have the baby at home the mess is it safe like we get asked these questions all the time and like a lot of our job is kind of really unpicking this with people who might be thinking about home birth but but want to ask these questions a lot of what we think and what we base our ideas on is like the media and what we hear so in the media we only tend to hear kind of negative birth stories where they were in hospital and this all happened and intervention was needed and you know then comes comes the kind of narrative of like oh well if I'd been at home what would have happened then and it's kind of a bit of a cycle but actually if we look at all the research that we have on home birth which is actually now a really good amount um there was a study done the most recent one is 2020 and it was thousands of births and comparing people that have had um, their baby in hospital who had a straightforward pregnancy versus people who had home birth and the outcomes are really great for home birth compared to hospital birth in terms of things like shorter labor less likely to have tears less likely to ask for an epidural more likely to have a straightforward vaginal birth um, less likely to have excessive bleeding there's loads more and generally just which I think is under kind of look sometimes but a better experience a better birth experience a more positive experience um, which is really important how you perceive the birth we're obviously trained to to provide safe care in your home so I think one of the main things that people worry about is what if something happens you know what do you do and we don't turn up to birth with nothing um, you'll probably know but we we have a lot of equipment that we carry to every birth um, to make sure that you and the baby are safe and you know we we are familiar with kind of managing situations where we might need to go to hospital but we do reassure people that by being at home your chances of going to hospital or needing intervention are lower just by planning a home birth in the first place um Mm -hmm. so so yeah and also with a home birth you have all your appointments at home apart from scans and I think that's something that you don't realize until you kind of transfer to the home birth team or but it makes such a difference especially having a toddler myself if you have other children having your appointments at home it's just so much easier um, and I think that you just yeah you don't realize that that's even available so I think that's a massive bonus to working with the home birth team and that's that all comes back to the theory as to why like people ask why are that why are the outcomes better for home birth and actually it comes down to that is just the simple things but physiology of birth is that you want to feel calm relaxed safe and cared for really mm-hmm. and for some people you know having to get in a car when you're in labor travel to somewhere you're not familiar with with people in the hospital that you've never met before a new environment that might be medical you know at home 
it's a different dynamic because you're inviting us into your environment and it's very kind of hands off I guess like we just let you kind of create that safe space for yourself and we're there to kind of support you in whichever ways you need but I really think that that's why births at home tend to be more straightforward because it makes sense in terms of hormones and physiology you're in the place that you feel relaxed and safe with people around you that you you feel cared for by um yeah and yeah, yeah. being able to do the appointments at home is is another thing yeah another bonus that especially people with children already you know you don't have to to get childcare. you can just stay home and it's nice and we can get we can get to know the whole family which is also lovely for us as well yeah definitely and in terms of deciding to go for a home birth is it for everybody is there certain risk factors that you tend to look at yeah I mean there's not ever kind of black and white as such each hospital will have guidelines so guidelines are written based on the research we have about certain conditions or I mean there's so many to go into each one but as to where you know ideally we'd recommend people giving birth based on their pregnancy and anything that might come up like I said generally home birth is most suited to people with straightforward pregnancies um, that have nothing kind of complicated that comes up but sometimes people might um, a complication comes in their pregnancy and they they want to have a home birth and part of our role is to support people to do that as long as they're informed and you know we can discuss the kind of the rationale behind recommendations and what the research looks like um, then we will support support whoever wants to birth at home to birth at home as long as they are informed about their choice basically Mm -hmm. so say you had been with the home birth team throughout your whole pregnancy you went into labor and you wanted to go to hospital you wanted an epidural can you transfer to hospital can you you know just go into hospital as if you would normally how does that work yeah, we always say and reassure people that you can change your mind. You, you don't have to stay at home. And actually, that applies to the whole pregnancy. If you're thinking about home birth, but you're worried about having to kind of commit or you don't have to commit, you could literally on the day decide to go to hospital if you wanted. It's absolutely fine. So options always there. In labour, yes. Um, of course, if there's time and it's not like the birth is imminent or anything like that. But if you really decided, actually, I want to go to hospital, then absolutely, that's fine. Um, You can go and then potentially use the birth centre if things had remained straightforward. Or Mm -hmm. if you wanted pain relief, you could go and have an epidural. So that that choice is always there. Um, Again, just factoring in kind of travel time and things like that. But yeah, if that's not an issue and we have time, then of course. So we have a question from our community around birth partners. So if you're having a hospital birth... Do you need to have a birth partner? How many birth partners can you have? You don't, I wouldn't say you need to have a birth partner. Most people do have someone with them, um, but it's completely a choice. It's nothing that is kind of, you must have arranged before. And actually, from my experience, if I've ever looked after anyone who doesn't have a birth partner, it's quite a nice part of our role, particularly if you know your midwife to be able to kind of be that birth partner like that emotional support that's what we most of us go into midwifery for and what we enjoy doing is supporting women in labor so you know the midwives can provide great support for you if you don't have a birth partner but most people do um in the hospital they generally will say two birth partners um in labor but of course if you're at home 
as many as you want is fine. I've seen families have, you know, children there and partners and mums and sisters and whoever you want to have there. The hospital, it's just more of a space thing, really. Um, and like some infection control if people are going in and out. But at home, because we're coming into your environment, you can have whoever you like at your birth. So when you've had your baby, what happens next? Do you see your midwife again? Do you see your midwife for a few weeks after birth? Can you talk us through that? So again, very slightly depending on where you've had your baby, but in a gen- generally speaking, um, depending on if you're in what I said about the continuity team or if you're in a team where you've seen your community midwife, gone to hospital and had like a birth centre midwife, for example, and then come home. Um, But you will see a midwife after the birth. So the day after you are discharged from hospital or for a home birth, the day after the birth, a midwife will always come and visit. If you're in a team, so again, home birth team, for example, you'll see a midwife from the home birth team the day after the birth. Um, And if you are not, then it will be either a midwife from the team you've been cared for in or the one you would have had in the pregnancy. So... um, those appointments after the birth, we're doing a variety of things, mainly, I guess, checking that you're physically recovering okay from the birth, asking you lots of questions about how you're doing, checking in with your mental health and emotional well-being, which is a really big part of, you know, the postnatal journey and, and checking that you're supported and, you know, all of that, checking the baby and the feeding, weighing the baby, all of this kind of stuff. Um and we can see you up until a month after the birth. Um, but the amount of times we see you varies a lot depending on, again, how the birth was. How's the feeding going? Is the baby's weight normal? The earliest point we can kind of discharge you from midwives is 10 days after the birth. And the latest point is a month. So there's that window of depending on whatever you need or how you're feeling as mm-hmm. to when we see you. So a question that I want to ask you is how can women get the best out of their midwife? So in terms of antenatal education, making sure they're asking the right questions. I'd say again, I've already said it, but continuity really helps that because you'll get to know your midwife and actually you feel more comfortable to kind of ask anything. And so I would say with continuity, it it often works two ways. So midwives will want to be as flexible as they can to accommodate you. But in order to get continuity, so to see the same midwife, if you can try and be flexible to achieve that. So it might be that your midwife only has a clinic on a Friday or, you know, if you can then book your appointments for a Friday, you're going to see the same person. If you can only do this day, this week, this day, the next, you know, it might be more difficult. Um, And it's the same with the home birth team. Yeah. You know, sometimes we've got a birth going on and we need to reschedule and we do say, ideally, you know, as much flexibility as possible but we understand that for some people that's that's not possible but um it does definitely help with continuity um the nhs always will offer some level of antenatal education so i actually teach the, the home birth antenatal classes um in my current team and that's like a one-off class so it's impossible to fit everything into a class like it, there's so much to talk about so i always try and signpost people to different places they can read podcasts to listen to books to read and stuff like that um so that's your kind of first option um other options that a lot of people will do is um a private antenatal course um which is more it's more in depth because you have more time um 
So the current antenatal courses that I teach outside of the NHS um, are over five sessions. So there's like two se- two two hour sessions on labour and birth. So they're split into part one and part two. Part three is your kind of life after birth. So all things after what happens afterwards when the baby's born, checks, going home, emotional support, so much to talk about, nappies, wheeze, poos, all of that. And then session four is infant feeding. Again, a whole nother topic, which deserves a lot of time. And then mm-hmm. five is neonatal first aid. Um, but that's just an example of the kind of setup you might expect from from an antenatal course. A lot of people will do a private course and then the NHS one, because again, I think knowledge is power and you can't really learn too much. But also I say to people, it's really good to be informed and prepared but don't worry about kind of knowing everything because you're not going to be able to remember every single thing that you're taught in your antenatal course, but it's taking the most important parts and there'll always be resources you can refer back to. So like handbooks, things to read, and you can always reach out to your kind of teacher as well. If you have questions afterwards or you forgot something. Um, And some of it, you know, when the baby's here, you just, you learn from experience and practice and everyone has a different experience. So, it's about getting the balance of feeling as prepared as you can and positive and informed about the birth and having a baby, but not feeling overwhelmed with information, which sometimes I think people do feel because there's just so much out there now to read and out of fingertips all the time. Yeah, I mean, for me, absolutely. Antenatal education, hypnobirthing, the class has really, really helped me. There's no way I could have done two home births without them. So one more question. I would love to know your thoughts on birth preferences and creating a birth plan. What's your thoughts on doing that? I think it's a really good idea. Um, I also teach hypnobirthing privately as well as my antenatal courses. Um, And part of the hypnobirthing course particularly is probably in other antenatal education courses too. But we go into a lot of detail about birth planning and birth preferences. I prefer to call it birth preferences because I think people get really worried if they have a birth plan and things don't go to plan. And it's not to be kind of negative or say, you know, this might not happen, but it's just more realistic because preferences is, you know, ideally in my ideal scenario, I'd like to have a home birth with water, using the water and da 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 da. Sometimes, you know, for whatever reason, the plan might change and that's okay. It doesn't need to be a kind of, if the plan has to deviate, everything goes out the window and we might as well give up. It's kind Mm of having a plan A. If we have to change the plan and this happens, plan B, plan C. And that's why I think preferences is a good term because it's what you would like in your ideal scenario. And also thinking about, yeah, if if things change, what are my preferences then? So, and it doesn't have to be kind of like an essay. I just think, you know, one or two sheets of paper of the main things to consider, like pain relief, where you want to give birth, feeding. Um, are you using any hypnobirthing techniques that we, you know, would help us to know about cutting the cord? And it's a really good way for, for you and the your partner, your birth partner to kind of have that conversation. I think it's a good template to kind of go through to get you talking about those things because what you don't want to do is not talk about it and just go in 
having not looked at anything and then feel really overwhelmed on the day when the midwife's saying oh, would you like this would you like this would you like this and you're like I don't know um and then you're kind of on the same page and then your partner also knows what you want because it's really important for them to kind of try and advocate for you and yeah you're a team really so yeah I did um birth preferences I just think the terminology is much gentler so yeah I would definitely agree there well, thank you so much, Billy. It's been so nice to chat with you. I haven't actually spoken to you since I gave birth to Isabella last year. So, so nice to see you. Um, but yeah, if you could tell everyone where they can find you, if you've got any questions, tell us your Instagram. So my Instagram is um, all lowercase birthing with Billy. Um, if you are interested in, you know, hypnobirthing courses, you can find the link to my website on there with information about hypnobirthing more about what it is and how it can be useful in your birth preparation um and you can message me on there if you have any questions or want any more information well thank you so much so definitely check out billy's instagram and if you have any questions about this episode email us info at carol-app.com and we will be back next week If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating and a review. It really helps us to reach other mums just like you.